It's the 2022 World Cup. It's Belgium's players. Hello and welcome to the International Soccer Preview by Soccer Files Canada. I'm Kevin and today we'll be looking at Belgium's squad for the 2022 Short World version, Cup. Short version, please. Okay, well that does bring us to the end of the player-by-player player, uh, discussion. And uh, we may have some uh, new listeners or watchers coming in for the short version of this. So uh, once again, I will explain why I'm wearing a Canada shirt. I, I went into, uh, I kind of went into fan mode uh, at the begin uh, uh, in the long podcast when we started talking about Belgium. Uh, kind of lost my head as a Canadian fan. So I'll just say I'm wearing a Canada shirt as a subtle threat to Belgium. Yes we're coming okay let's uh, go over some of the notes that we had coming out of the uh, previous podcast that we did and we'll detail them a little bit more here so uh, for belgium we have an aging golden generation so many of the biggest names are in their 30s now and they seem to be uh, belgium seems to be doing well bringing in new talent but I would say that new talent is not at the level of the golden generation. I'm thinking uh, De Bruyne, Hazard, uh, the two defenders, uh, uh, or the defenders, um, Alderweireld and, and Bertongen and, and uh, Vermeulen and uh, uh, Thibaut Courtois. Uh, um, some of them have already moved from top clubs uh, that they were with kind of down a rung or two, still with good clubs, but slightly uh, lesser than the, the top quality clubs that they had been with. And uh, overall, it's hard to see Belgium maintaining the, the level that the golden generation has been playing at. Um, and this may actually be the last shot for that golden generation, as I imagine um, some of them will be, some of the main players will be retiring um, now that they're in their 30s. Uh, over that period of the golden generation, Belgium has been very good, but not great. And I'm comparing kind of their FIFA rankings to their results in tournaments for the most part. Uh, they've been first in FIFA rankings quite often since 2015 and consistently actually since late 18, um, late 2018. And ELO rankings, which we actually trust a little bit more, uh, they've been first uh, at several points and are uh, usually in the top four. However, in tournaments, um, they've reached they reached third place in the World Cup, which was uh, their best result, and otherwise the quarterfinals. So, for a team that is ranked first, uh, that's a kind of slightly disappointing result. Um, one second, please. So yeah, never quite reaching the heights that they uh, that they might have, and uh, generally it is very strong teams that get the better of them. So when they meet uh, Italy, France, Argentina, those are the teams that have been knocking them out. And uh, they also have a particular problem with Wales, which because uh, that's where I'm from, I I kind of delight in. But I I, I hope uh, I, I do like Belgium, but I just uh, like Wales and Canada. Uh, slightly more okay um so very good results uh, for for 
Belgium, but not not as great as it, as their potential kind of promised. Uh, recently, too, we uh, see a slight drop in consistency uh, for Belgium. I mean, they hold a very high standard, and especially in qualifying, they've only lost one game in qualifying since 2014. Uh, that was to, to Wales, who seemed to have their number. Uh, but in recent games, in their recent eight games, they've won three, tied two, and lost three. Now, it should be said that they've been playing pretty good teams. Again, France and Italy. Uh, Netherlands was another team they lost to. And um, one of the ties was against uh, uh, the thorny Wales. Uh, so, you know, not much, uh, nothing to really worry about. But a slight drop in consistency uh, for a very good team. Um, uh, yeah. So those are the things that came out of the team podcast that we did. What comes out of this podcast as we went through the players was uh, kind of an imbalance in positions. So what I mean by that is they have some positions like goalkeepers, left wingers, and attacking midfielders where they have too many candidates. And, um, you know, they want these players on the field. So the only option there is to have them playing out of position. Uh, and obviously not a huge problem because they continue to do well. But they also have some positions like outside backs and defensive uh, midfielders. And uh, I would say kind of uh, uh, outside midfielders, right and left midfielders, um, uh, where they lack candidates. And uh, honestly, I think uh, this could be an important point, really, because I wonder if, if that uh, kind of dictates the formation uh, that they have to choose. So we've seen that they've consistently chosen a 3-4-2-1 formation. And uh, the only real deviation has been making it a 3-2-2-2-1 formation. So just a slight deviation with the wingers playing slightly higher. Uh, and I kind of wonder if uh, if they're kind of forced into that um, uh, because of the... Uh, positions that their players choose. Uh, my concern for Belgium is that they are facing teams with uh, strong wingers. They'll be facing uh, attacks from strong wingers. So uh, for Morocco, there's uh, Hakimi. Uh, they're coming down the, the uh, uh, right side. Why do I think of him as a left? Anyway, coming down the side of the pitch for uh, Croatia, Perisic is a threat on the on the wings, and for Canada, Buchanan and John, uh, Alfonso Davies are um, uh, you know a threat on the wings. So um, I'm a bit worried about them not having uh, kind of outside uh, out, uh, left backs and right backs. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But uh, we'll talk about it a bit more below when we go through the positions. Let's look at club affiliations for um, uh, Belgium. And really, they're kind of the envy of, uh, of the world here, uh, playing for mostly for uh, top clubs uh, in Europe. So among uh, some of the top clubs, we have Manchester City, um, uh Sorry, uh, Manchester City, Real Madrid is represented uh, with a couple of players, uh, Hazard and Courtois. Uh, Atletico Madrid has uh, uh, Carrasco and Borussia Dortmund uh, in Germany there with Thorgan Hazard 
and I thought they had a couple of players with uh, Borussia Dortmund. Yeah, uh, Thomas Mounier. And uh, as we saw, some of the veterans kind of were with top clubs and have taken a step down. So um, uh, a step down to a slightly lesser club. So, for example, uh, Jan Vertonghen is now with Anderlecht, but he was with uh, a big club. We also have four uh, four players playing for Leicester in Europe. So not uh, not a top club in Europe. Uh, oh, sorry, in England there, but a, a very solid club. And uh, Bra uh, Brighton and Aston Villa uh, besides. So... Um, uh, and then uh, plenty of other respectable clubs. Milan, uh, they have a couple of players uh, that uh, more of a top club there. Um, Rons, uh, uh, Rons and Lons in France, uh, Sevilla in in Spain, and Fenerbahce in in uh, Turkey. Fenerbahce and Galatasaray. Uh, and they also have Anderlecht is probably the main club. Um, uh, but actually only represented by one player, uh, Bertongen there. But uh, a lot of these players have come through Anderlecht. It's the biggest club in, in Belgium. Uh, actually, more players play for Club Brugge. I don't know if I've mentioned, but uh, Canada has two two players on Club Brugge uh, in Belgium. But um, Belgium has three. Uh, uh, Vanagen, Boyata and uh, Mignolet all play for Club Brugge and they're in the Champions uh, League this season, so uh, very good, uh, so, uh, very good pedigree in terms of club affiliations. And let's move on to talk about uh, the stats that I've been putting together for teams here. Uh, among as I go through these uh, podcasts, um, one of the stats I have is how many players uh, uh, do they kind of have on the table in front of them on the slate and to do this i'm basically looking at players that have been called up since 2020 although it's a bit of a rough estimate but uh um it's 43 for belgium and the average is 49 so uh, a bit lower uh, a bit lower than average and what lower uh, tends to mean is one of two things either they don't really have that many candidates to choose from or they're a very tight squad, so they don't feel the need to kind of bring in new players and experiment uh, that much. And I would say the latter is more true of Belgium. However, we have seen in some positions that they don't seem to have, um, you know, a lot of candidates for positions like left back and right back and uh, some of the uh, central midfield positions there. So I think uh, this number 43 um is a bit low and is a bit uh, uh, a bit different than most teams in that they have kind of an overabundance in some positions and a lack of uh, candidates in other positions. Uh, but again, they've done so well that it doesn't seem to matter that much. Uh, players playing out of position uh, doesn't seem a big problem for Belgium. Total number of players under consideration, that's... Uh, uh, the players we've categorized as definite, likely, or possible is 32, and the average is 33, so um, not much to comment on there. And then uh, the total number of players in the definite and likely category is 22. And what that kind of means is that they've pretty much decided on 22 of the 26 players they will bring. And, of course, there's a... Uh, 
uh, always the possibility of a surprise or injuries that might lower that number. And uh, to fill the remaining positions, uh, the total number of players under consideration, 32, means that they would basically be choosing the other four from among those, probably those who are in the possible category here. But again, room for surprises there with players coming into form. And uh, to be honest, I, I should have said this earlier, I kind of suspect that they might be bringing in uh, a couple of players in September who are left backs or right backs or central midfielders so that uh, it will give them the ability to uh, to be more flexible in their formation because they've used that same four to uh, sorry four sorry three four two one formation uh, throughout the the period the 13 games that we've talked about and actually throughout the euro cup too so uh, a little uh, um, a bit of uh, ability to uh, adapt to other teams uh, might serve them well. So I wouldn't be surprised if they do try out a few new players in September there. But we'll report on that in the update podcast. Okay, in terms of average age, uh, Belgium is 28.5. Most teams are somewhere between 25 and 27. The average is 26.7. So uh, compared to other teams, Belgium is actually quite a bit older um, uh, than the other teams. The oldest team we have besides uh, uh, Belgium is Iran um, at 27.7. That doesn't really mean much. Uh, I'll just say 28.5 is is quite old. Again, not sure if it's something for Belgium to worry about because with uh, age comes experience and the average number of caps they have among uh, the definite possible and likely players is 45.1. Again, that's significantly higher than uh, any other team and than the average. The average is 28.5. So they're bringing a very experienced team, although um, uh, a bit of an older team. So I'll just talk about the age a little bit more here. Um, they have uh, 14 of those uh, 32 players uh, are uh, 30 years old or older. If we extend that down to 29 years old, then 19 of the 32 players are 29 years old or older. At the other end of the scale, they only have four players who are 23 year old or younger, and most of those are in the possible category. In fact, uh, all of them are. The the only kind of starter uh, is Yuri Tielemans, who's 25 years old. That's kind of their youngest starter. So uh, they probably will be rebuilding after the cup. But um, I wonder if their age will kind of catch up with them a little bit uh, here uh, in the World Cup. But again, uh, it is uh, balanced with uh, experience and with goals because this is incredible. They have uh, 268 goals among these players and uh, that is much higher than any other team. Um, Germany, uh, which we considered a high scoring team, has 180 and France has 191. And if we bring this down to kind of goals per player to... Uh, to uh, balance it out a little bit. It's 8.1 goals per player uh, for Belgium, whereas Germany is six and France uh, is actually 5.5. So um, 
Qatar is also actually a very high scoring team with seven goals per player and 182 goals but uh, Belgium outstrips them quite a bit and we'll take a look at uh, uh, who's scoring all of those goals and we saw when we were in the player by player podcast the incredible numbers of some of their forwards so Romelu Lukaku with 67% uh, scoring ratio and um, Christian Benteke 40% and uh, Michi Batshuayi at uh, 55%. Uh, anything above 40 is is really high. And uh, Romelu Lukaku has done it over 100 games, uh, 68 goals in 102 games. So that's a, a very consistent performance. Um, and then we have a lot of players who are uh, um, above 10%, above 20% even. Uh, Leandro Trossard and Hans Vanneken, both above 20%. Morgan Hazard, 20%, Kevin De Bruyne, 26%, 27%, and uh, Eden Hazard, also 27 So getting goals from all over the field uh, and even um, uh, a rash of players with uh, above 10%, including some of their more defensive players. So I won't uh, yammer on too much about it, but uh, scoring goals, not a problem. Uh, it kind of makes me shudder as a Canadian fan uh, facing a team that so readily scores goals. All right, let's move on to uh, player issues to watch. So uh, in defense, we kind of covered this uh, above where we talked about an imbalance of positions. So uh, that'll be detailed a bit here. Uh, too many goalkeepers uh, to choose from right now. Um, they have one definite, three likely, and one possible candidate. So obviously they'll have to cut that down probably to three goalkeepers uh, coming to the cup, and uh, someone will be disappointed. We'll talk about that when we uh, go through the team by team and, and talk about the starters. Um, but on the other hand, uh, they're lacking right and left uh, uh, backs or uh, left uh, left backs and right backs. So it's a bit of a chicken and egg argument, really. Uh, do they play with that three-man defense because they lack these players in these positions? Or are are these players just not developing because they always use the three-man defense? Uh, which one causes the other? In other words, nevertheless, the result is that they do seem a bit forced into that three-man defense because they lack the outside backs. And I predicted... Um, uh, that they, they might try out a couple of right-backs uh, in the September games, uh, sorry, right and left-backs in the September games. A, because um, uh, so that they can uh, uh, be a bit more varied in their formation and B, because the teams they're playing have threats down the wings, uh, which we talked about already. Uh, in the midfield, again, they're kind of lacking... Uh, true defensive or center uh, central midfielders also uh, lacking uh, kind of outside midfielders so um, they don't really have the option to go with a three-man uh, uh, central midfield unless of course they have players playing out of position and they do that's been their solution to have a couple of attacking midfielders play in central midfield or to have um uh, yeah, uh, the uh, left wingers and right wingers, kind of uh, the outside midfielders playing as attacking midfielders. 
uh, things like that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, they have too many left midfielders. Um, they have uh, Eden Hazard, Thorgan Hazard, Le Le Leandro Trossard and Dries Mertens uh, all as left midfielders. Those are players that are all possible starters, so they can't start all four of them as le uh, left wingers. Uh, actually, sorry, that should be left wingers, not left midfielders. Um, they can't start all of them, so uh, logically they kind of move them to different positions. So uh, players kind of playing slightly out of position. Um, to go back to central midfielders, they have... Um, uh, Tielemans, Witzel, and perhaps uh, Preit, Preit uh, as central midfielders, but um, sometimes are drafting in attacking midfielders to to those positions. So it doesn't seem like a huge problem for Belgium. They they've managed uh, just fine, but it may give them a bit of um, a lack of variety in uh, varying their uh, uh, strategies towards uh, other teams. Uh, similarly, too many attacking midfielders, so De Bruyne, Vanneken, uh, De Ketelaer, uh, plus their overflow from the riches of uh, left-wingers that uh, need a place to start. So we see players like Eden Hazard um, playing as an attacking midfielder rather than winger uh, and, and stuff. Again, uh, at some point, um, <laughs> they're such a talented team that there's not enough places uh, for all the talent to go. But uh, they do tend to be concentrated in a couple of positions. So those uh, uh, to get them onto the field, um, a number of players kind of playing out of position. But again, not a major problem. Okay, let's look at some of the new players that have come into the squad. Uh, we do see that it's a, a kind of an old squad. So they've been kind of going with the uh, golden generations and the... Uh, players that have established themselves since. So not a lot of new players for Belgium. Uh, but uh, central defender Arthur Thiet, Thiet seems to be making his way into the squad. He's 22 years old. And we have him as a likely candidate. We won't go through all the information we did in the player-by-player, player, but just mention them by name here. Alexis uh, Salemakers is a right winger, uh, 23 years old, uh, now and um, uh, uh, also a likely candidate. He plays for AC Milan, as does Charles de Ketelaer, uh, also a likely candidate, uh, just 21 years old, uh, also with uh, AC Milan. And uh, we also have three possible players. We just did uh, definite, likely, impossible uh, here. Uh, Woot Fayez hasn't actually played that much. He's 24 years old and just has the one cap. Uh, he recently moved to Leicester in England and um, uh, hasn't really been a starter, but has been uh, on the bench. Um, uh, Sieb van der Hayden has had just one start in a friendly. He's 24 years old, um, but um, uh, uh has one cap since 2022, may make it onto the squad and may not. And in the forward line, uh, the other possible candidate, Lois Openda. So again, just um, uh, coming in as a substitute there uh, in June 2022, so may make it onto the squad or not. But Lois Openda is uh, 22 years old and plays for Lons in France. So not a lot of new candidates compared to uh, other teams. Um, now let's take a look at injuries. So the most worrying one is uh, Romelu Lukaku. 
uh, we saw that actually he missed three of the games in June uh, with an ankle injury, but he did recover from that and was playing for his club in August. However, at the end of August, he was out with uh, muscle problems. I think the problem was that he had too many of them. Okay, that was a joke. Um, uh, he is muscular, but uh, whatever the muscle problem is, he's expected to return in mid to late October. So hopefully that won't be uh, a problem. But I'm very interested in the September games because uh, even before those injuries, uh, Lukaku wasn't playing or wasn't starting as much for Belgium as one might expect. And uh, I'm curious to see whether... Uh, Michi Batshuayi uh, is the starter in September. Well, he probably will be, uh, given these injuries, but we may have to wait until the Cup uh, to see who the starter is as a centre-forward. Um, less kind of worrying, because there's only a, a possible candidate, is Thomas Fouquet. So um, he was out with a hamstring injury uh, from early August, uh, and so that can be kind of a long-term uh injury and we don't have a return date for him an unknown return date so thomas Fouquet um uh may not be fit for the cup okay let's take a look at some notable absences so again this golden generation kind of aging but most of them are still there uh although it could be the last tournament for for uh quite a few players here uh, Thomas Vermeulen, though, has kind of uh, aged out, if you will. He's 37 years old, uh, and he uh, last appeared in the Euro Cup. It was actually January 2022 when he announced his retirement, but um, uh, 85 caps and played from 2006 to 21, but um, probably uh, uh, would be, uh, yeah, uh, won't be there for this cup. Nasser Chabli, um also last appeared for the national team in uh, 2021 Euro Cup. And um, he's been with the team since 2011 uh, and has 66 caps and eight goals. Uh, he's just 33 years old, so um, still a chance that he may be called back in. He hasn't announced his retirement or anything, just hasn't been selected. Uh, Jeremy Doku, a bit of a surprise to me because... Uh, uh, I thought he was quite good in the Euro 2020 Cup, uh, 2020, but um, hasn't been called up since. And um, he's just 20 years old, actually, so uh, kind of came on the team quickly and then off the team uh, quickly. But um, again, I wouldn't be shocked to see him uh, find his way back in. Maybe not for this tournament, though. And then uh, we always uh, add the players... Uh, big players from the 2018 World Cup because some listeners just follow teams from World Cup to World Cup. So um, uh, people who follow Belgium will find uh, that these players have been off the team for quite a while. But Vincent Company, uh, he was with the team from uh, 2004 uh, to 2019. So even in the World Cup, he was uh, uh, kind of injured at the beginning of the tournament and was uh, starting to... Uh, look a little old at that time, 32 years old uh, with the 2018 World Cup, but well off the team now. Um, and then uh, Marouane Fellaini, um, most memorable for his hair uh, and his elbows. And he was with the team from 2007 to 18 and was 87 caps and 18 goals. Uh, he started actually in the... Uh, 
uh, oh, sorry, he was a sub in the 2018 World Cup. So another player who was kind of getting old um, even at the time of the 2018 World Cup. So we won't be seeing any of those players or possibly uh, Jeremy Doku or Nasser Chadley, but neither of them have played since the 2021 Euro Cup. Uh, okay, well, we're going to finish with uh, predicted starters here. So, um, uh, and we'll try to name the definite and likely candidates. So we have Roberto Martinez as the manager. And of course, uh, I doubt they'll change that before the cup here. So he, he's a definite. Uh, a little difficult with goalkeepers because Thibaut Courtois uh, definitely seems like the starter. And I'm going to nominate him that way. Uh, but he wasn't starting uh, quite a few of the games uh, since the end of um, uh, uh, in the in the last half of the period that we've talked about, so let's say uh, from 2022, um, but uh, injury did play a role in that, and we have three likely candidates in Simo Mignolet, Cohen Castiles, and Mats Sells. So um, Mignolet is probably the second keeper, and if Courtois isn't the starter, he probably would be. But uh, I think Courtois will be uh, if he's healthy. And I think Matt Sells is likely uh, mostly because he came in to replace uh, injured keepers, not just Thibaut Courtois, but other players were injured along the way. So um, I think he will be the one that they have to drop there. They'll have to drop one of those four. Uh, central defenders, we have a definite candidate in Leander Den Donker, uh, although I don't see him as a starter uh he actually has played central midfield more um but i don't see him as a starter either in defense or as a midfielder but definitely someone they'll bring along to the cup because they always call him up uh likely candidates uh toby aldoald um jan bertongan arthur theat uh it's difficult to tell um i think it will be aldoald uh sorry uh, Alderweireld and Jan Tongan, and I, I think Boata, Boyata, uh, I would have named, except he was off the team uh, for the last few games, so uh, a bit uncertain there. The other possibility is kind of a rotation of uh, these players or some of the possible ones. They'll probably bring uh, five or six to the cup. And there has been a lot of rotation back there. So even with Alderweireld and Bertongen, I'm a bit reluctant to say that they're definite starters. Um, but uh, they'll definitely be part of the rotation. I think I'm going to actually change it to yellow, suggesting they're part of the rotation. But I need to look at the September games to try to pin down who I think is going to be starting. Uh, for left-backs, we don't have any candidates. And for right-backs, we have Timony, uh, Timothy Castagna. I think he will be a starter, probably as a right-winger, although he has played as a left-winger as well and a couple of times in central defence. So I think he'll be on the field. They'll find a place for him on the field, um, Timothy Castagna. Uh, in the midfield, uh, none of the defensive midfielders uh, look like starters. There's actually only one. Uh, who's a possible but unlikely candidate. But we have central midfielders Yuri Tielemann and Axel Witzel as um, as definite and uh, Dennis Prate as possible, although I think they will bring him to the cup. But I'm going to nominate Tielemans and Axel Witzel as, 
um, as starters. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, going to be them because they do sometimes bring attacking midfielders back in uh, to start, but um, I'm pretty confident that they will start, uh, uh, will be the starting central midfielders. Um, for left and right midfielders, we only have Thomas Mounier as uh, likely or above, and um, I don't really uh, feel confident enough to nominate him uh, as a starter there. Uh, he usually plays the right wing position. Uh, I think it will be, but I'm not confident enough to say so, because again, a lot of other players have come into that position. Uh, for left wingers, these, these players are actually more often play as uh, attacking midfielders. Uh, but Leandro Trossard, Yannick Carrasco, Thorgan Hazard are the definite and likely players. And again, I'm not confident enough to say any of them will be starters. I kind of feel like it will be a rotation. Um, like uh, each of them will maybe start a couple of games rather than one firm starter uh, there. Uh, on the right wing... Um, uh, we actually saw that it's the uh, right midfielder, uh, Thomas Mounier. So um, maybe I should put him as a uh, potential starter. Uh, but no, I'm not confident enough to say so. Uh, they're very tough with uh, Belgium because they do have players rotating in and out quite a bit. However, uh, we have Kevin De Bruyne and Hans Vanagen. Uh, in the player-by-player, -player, I put them as versatile midfielders because they... They kind of play all over the place. I think they'll definitely start, although I can't say with any confidence where they'll start. So they could start as uh, central midfielders, uh, perhaps replacing Tielemans or Witzel, uh, or they could start as attacking midfielder. De Bruyne even started as a, a centre-forward once. Um, moving on to attacking midfielders, we actually moved Eden Hazard from left wing to attacking midfielders. But I, honestly, I don't really think um, I see him as a starter uh, anymore. I know he's had some fitness uh, uh, concerns and they don't have an, an actual attacking midfielder position. So it's um, uh, other players who play as the left attacking and right attacking midfielders. Uh, I, I, I think Hazard will get some starts but won't, won't be a firm starter. That's what I'm going to do and label him in uh, yellow. I sound very undecisive here, but really I think it's because um, they have rotated players in and out so much that um, it would be a mistake to say who's going to be a starter. Uh, same with Batshui and Lukaku up at the top. Uh, Lukaku has only started three of their 13 games, so although I do see him as a starter, um, I, I'm not sure he's going to be starting all games in this tournament, especially uh, given that he'll probably be coming off an injury, and in which case I think Batshuayi will be the will be the starter. But I don't really see him as a starter, so either. So uh, I'm going to put them as kind of rotating starters. I think both of them will start some games, and neither of them will start all games. Wow, that was really tough to do. I think I've only uh, nominated probably six players as definite starters, but then probably about 10 players as uh, players who will start, but not necessarily all the games. 
Anyway, uh, we'll return to this in our update podcast in November. And that brings us to the end of this podcast. Uh, Yeah, keep in mind that we will be doing that update uh, podcast probably in mid-November. And we'll have some new information coming out, the September games and any uh, friendlies they play uh, up to doing the podcast. And also, uh, we'll be seeing the preliminary and final rosters. I'm planning on doing this. Uh, after they publish the final rosters. Uh, keep an eye out for us at Soccer Files uh, Canada. That's Soccer Files with a PH and uh, in the middle and an S at the end. And you can visit our website at soccerfiles.captivate.fm and uh, check the show notes for our links to our website and previous podcast series. We've been uh, improving those show notes, so there's good information there. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you join us in our next uh, uh, media podcast. Bye-bye.